Hey guys, welcome back to Anchored and Devoted with Pastors Jeremy and Pastor Joseph. I'm Pastor Jeremy. And I'm Pastor Joseph! I'm so excited. <laughs> He's super excited. Why are you so excited, Dave? Do we have an okay. interview today? Well, yes, but that's not why I was excited. Um, I'm sure that's not why you're excited. That's why I'm excited. <laughs> I, I was excited. I'm excited because I want to see the new Trolls movie. Um, and I know that seems really random, but I saw the trailer the other day, and that's just the reality of my simple life you know what, with kids. You got to own it. If you can't own it, what are you doing? You can't just, just live it, live it large. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Welcome to Anchored and Devoted. I'm glad you're here with us. We are doing an interview today, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing my friend Dave Joseph. Me? Oh, the, wow. the one. Me, me. The, I would say the one and only, but you are a junior, so. That's right, and I got a third. <laughs> so the middle one, the one that's just right. That's it. That's right. That's right. You got it. I'm going to interview me. <laughs> Humble old me. All right. Let's jump into it, man. Dave, okay. I've known you. I have not had the questions earlier, so this is the setup, but go for it. What are you talking about, Biden? You sent I'm me just the saying, questions. I don't have the questions. I don't have you the, sent me the You sent me the questions and said, only ask these questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a little swipe there. Whatever. I love you too, Mr. Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave. I've known you since about, I guess it was about 2005 or so. I don't even remember. I just know it's been a long time. You it's owe me a whole bunch of money with interest. True, true. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Uh, so we met in seminary. We did. And that was not, it wasn't like you graduated college and then said, hey, I'm going to seminary. So, so tell me, uh, I, want, I want to start here and then we'll go back and, and hear more about your personal testimony. But what what was it that led to you starting in the the road to that brought you into ministry you know from an educational perspective why did you choose to go to seminary okay so fun fact actually went to another school before we met i had gone to seminary prior um i went okay. to and i think i mentioned this before i went to liberty online um and i went back in the day when liberty my student ID is in the hundreds, whereas I know I know it's now in yeah, the online thing thousands. wasn't really a thing at that point. No, it wasn't. It was correspondence, mm-hmm. and um, I mean they weren't using carrier pigeons or anything like that. But it was by um, mail, not um, horseback or anything. They used automobiles, not driverless ones. I don't know when you're listening to this, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but it, it was one of those things where. Um, uh, the past, my pastor at the time encouraged me to go to Liberty because that's the school he went to and loved. And and if you don't know what Liberty is, because it's turned into some other school or gone completely heathen, I have no clue at this time in the future. But Liberty University, at the time of recording, is one of the world's biggest Christian schools. I did um, not that you had. I did not know that you had done Liberty before. Yes, I did, and I did it again after. Um, well, but I, I knew did that. it before. Um, because I was encouraged, and we'll put up the quotes around that, the bunny years, I was encouraged mm-hmm. to go, as well as they had a good scholarship. And um, uh, I did not like it because I wasn't learning anything. Okay. I was regurgitating a lot of stuff. And um, all A's, you know, that wasn't the problem. I just didn't understand why I would want to do that when it came to serving God. Right. 
So I uh, told my pastor that I wanted to go to a different school and capital was it. And, uh-huh. uh, um, the, at the time, the, what, what role was his role? He was the, he wasn't, he wasn't the assistant pastor. He was just another pastor of the church. One of the other teaching pastors, his name was Roland Lee. He had gone to Capitol, um, uh, or Washington, you know, he'd gone to Capitol Bible Seminary. And I love that he knew the word backwards and forward. I mean, mm-hmm. genuinely, like the brother breathed the word. His sermons were completely different than most. Yeah. It was, you know, scripture layered on scripture to the point where you came out flooded with the word. He went in thirsty and came out drowning. Um, and so I wanted a similar experience. And that's how I ended up at Capitol. That's how I ended up, you know, being in class with you. Yeah. Um, but I, I yeah. had gone to Liberty for a good year before that and um, uh, didn't like the online process okay. at that time. I did go back, as you know. So, so backing up to, to Liberty, why, what got you into the mindset of, hey, <laughs> I think I'll go to a, I'll get a master's degree from a Christian college that I can use in some sort of ministerial. Like, what was your hope? What was your thought process that actually got your feet started down that path? So before Liberty, I was a commercial banker at PB&T. Um, and that had gone I so well, you were like, if I can fleece corporations, I can fleece <laughs> No, that was not the thought. It was more, um, I love my job and I'm young. I'm not at the top of the pyramid, but I'm pretty close. I can see people at the top. Okay. And I um, can do better than this. It's not from a money standpoint, but just from a, a life, um, life purpose standing kind of before thing. God. Yep. My purpose is greater than accumulating junk. And as a commercial banker, that's what I saw. It was people accumulating things. And then me, you know, giving them loans for that as, you know, these things. And then also calling them when they weren't paying on those things and asking mm-hmm. them to return them. And, for those who don't know me, I'm a pretty big dude. So um, if I show up at your business, you kind of know you need to return whatever you borrowed. Because that's <laughs> what a loan is. You don't own it. The bank owns it. Um, and so I had to encourage people in that. And um, I, I genuinely enjoyed the job. It was a nice job. Um, came with nice perks. Um, it paid well. But I'm a reflective person or an intentional person where I like mm-hmm. to take some time every year or twice a year to try and assess course correct, um, make changes that need to be made. And that was one where God had truly put it on my heart that I needed to do something that was um, extreme, even though at the time it didn't seem extreme. Right. Um, so you were seeking the Lord during that time. It wasn't like you went to seminary and said, hey, maybe I'll start like pursuing God. I was already serving in church. I had already um, become licensed as a minister. Mm -hmm. And depending on what denomination you go through, that's the step before ordination or before becoming a pastor. You're just stating to everyone that you believe God is calling you in the ministry. And then the elders of the church, the leaders of the church are waiting to see what God's going to do to kind of bear that out as to what direction right. you're going in. And that's where the ordination comes in. So okay. 
I was already licensed and serving, um, helping with funerals and doing Bible studies and baptism and heavily involved with church. Uh, so it wasn't a I'm bored kind of thing or I'm not right. serving kind of thing. It was more I can do better. I'm just this is a nice life. It's nothing wrong with it. Um, I wasn't financing anything weird or questionable. I'm sure if I'd stayed in the position, that would have occurred. But when I was there, most of my stuff was above board. Mm -hmm. um, if I inherited most, something, most of, most of my stuff. You like that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, I, I was about to say, I inherited stuff. I inherited a portfolio, so I couldn't, you know, account for everything that was yeah. that I was All holding right. on to. But the stuff that I signed off on. Just saying is um, you unintentionally <laughs> worked for the mob. Well, I don't, it was BB&T. <laughs> it, it was, anyway, um, this is as banks are failing right now. So, yeah, right. Um, you know, right. people stretch. There are certain bankers that are happy to see individuals stretch or be creative in what they put in their loans. Uh, applications. I was not one of those. And so mm -hmm. I did inherit some creative applications. And just so you know, banking is not a place where you should be creative. Um, like <laughs> you go to a theater for that, not not your bank. Um, so uh, after I think it was year three, I sat down with my boss and had some really good conversations with him. He wasn't a believer, um, but it was really clear for me that I needed to go. Okay. Um, um, it was just abundantly clear. God had made it clear that, you know, I expect more from you than that. And right. um, I went and spoke to my pastor. He said, keep working mm -hmm. and go to Liberty. And that's what I did. Um, he, when he founded the church, was working and planting the church at the same time. And I mean, that's what I did when I was planting as well. So I get that and respect it. Mm -hmm. um, but it was one of those things where the, the relational side of the academics was lacking in the correspondence. And so I, right. I struggled with that heavily. Um, so so let, me, let, me, um, let me ask this next question. Can you, how did you then, how did you come to faith? And along with that, it sounds like ministry was a part of your life before you really got to that point now. But so how did that develop in your life? So my mom is guilty. Um, I didn't inherit her faith, but it okay. was, All right. it was, it was one of those Throwing things where the bus? I am. It's, it's her fault. Um, and I'm sure she'll <laughs> take full credit for it. <laughs> so she, didn't she didn't remember any of it, uh, which is hilarious. But um, the household that we grew up in was not a healthy one by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and out of that, she lived a life that was full of faith. She was a diligent, and still is, a diligent follower of Christ. And mm -hmm. um, she was able to rejoice in be joyful in the midst of a chaotic family life, mm -hmm. um, a stressful work environment, and a um, and a wonky church. Um, I love all these people, but God bless them. Uh, if we were in the Old Testament, I'd happily stone them all. Um, so, <laughs> um, um, 
This it's, is Pastor Dave, pastor <laughs> of care and counseling. That's that's right. That's well, okay. So okay, I've got a church that doesn't challenge the fact that they've got a man beating his wife and they know it. Hmm. Like they never address it. Even now, don't address it. Hmm. I can't get with that at all. <laughs> Um, like, I don't know how you define church, but I, I can't see you working with, I'm not judging. I'm just saying your love is completely different than mine because my love requires justice. My love requires purity. Yeah. Um, and that was not true uh, for the church. And, um, I know that people are busy, but they knew better and did nothing. And that to me is unacceptable okay. um, because we are eternal and all the busy stuff is not eternal. Um, people are. So anyway, um, she was a superstar and uh, at early age, age six, um, uh, I was in awe of her joy and we were headed home um, in the car. And I remember asking her, my sister wasn't in the car, it was just the two of us, we were on the main road. And I remember asking her um, if I could, you know, have what she has. And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you are so happy and we're headed home. I can understand being happy leaving, but I can't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so. Like home uh, for you was not a place of joy. Home for you no. was not a place of serenity. It was a, it was so a for place her to, to have quiet. this joy. <laughs> it was just her... it was so weird, and I wanted the same thing. And so mm. she pulled over, and she shared that it was Jesus, and she shared that's why she would sing and how she could be happy, and that the relationship was real. It wasn't an idol version of Jesus, which I think a lot of Western people have. Um, they're not going to realize they're supposed to have an actual relationship with them. Um, and so she talked about, you know, loving others sacrificially and forgiving and, um, you know, generosity. And she also talked about repentance. Again, I was sick, so it wasn't, you know, the Romans wrote, but she did share it from her heart. Um, right. And I was able to receive it then. Again, she doesn't remember this, so I find that funny. But I do. I remember sitting on the side of the freeway. And um, um, it was humbling for me because again i wanted what she had like i genuinely wanted what she had i didn't want money things it was you have something on the inside right that is so special i just want a piece of that um and so she shared christ and i received and um uh we went to church and i i had already been in the church so it wasn't i mean there's photos of me you know, brand new baby in the church is also photos of me as a toddler walking around with my little white suit on that are, you know, shorts and a jacket and uh, <laughs> um, rocking a tiny fro and all that kind of stuff. So, can you, you know, get, can you get one or two of those pictures? Cause I'd like, you can ask my mom around. for them, but I'm not gonna, I'm not volunteering those photos. Um, but they, they do exist. I There's think you should go with photos. this interview right here. <laughs> There's some fun photos. If you um, subscribe, on anchor.fm, you will get all I these change, pictures. I could change the image from the anchor image to me rocking a little fro and uh, walk around. It's, it's you fantastic. Know, the, the baby boots or whatever. Um, so I was already in the church, but it was her living it out that made it real for me. Hmm. Um, it wasn't 
the services and um she then had us go to a private school christian school and that wasn't it either that was more of a protective thing right. um and i loved all my teachers and they were believers and you know had fun at the school um uh, but it wasn't one of those things where i came to faith at the school it allowed okay. me the space to um understand that you know people have choices to make i was so when did you first get involved in your first level of ministry whatever that was that was with my mom too sunday mm -hmm. school um i was her helper um she was a sunday school teacher mm -hmm. and um i was her runner <laughs> <laughs> and then as i got older i became a sunday school teacher with her and then it was you know vbs and doing my own class and same for my sister we all served together um and it wasn't a um it wasn't a demanding thing there was a, a pressure applied as far as don't be lazy sure but it wasn't a there wasn't From your mom a, i can't see that yeah exactly <laughs> um but 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 there wasn't uh you have to do what i'm doing yeah. um and often it was i just want to be where you are um mm -hmm. you're fine um and you know you're you're fun <laughs> um you know and so i i enjoyed that and i still do enjoy you know being silly and um being able to relax with god and being an encourager to both youth young adults and adults as well as kids but she she was the one who got me first involved with ministry um we did stuff like you know youth ministry mm -hmm. um going to summer camps and going to winter snow camps and all that kind of stuff and those were fun but at least for me and my story they weren't um they weren't reviving they weren't okay. earth shaking they were they were good um but there isn't one where i can say i remember any speaker <laughs> <laughs> just being honest couldn't tell you what okay. um all right i couldn't even picture them i remember one one guy who came to my school every year and had everyone come to the front for jesus and the only reason why i remember his name is because my sister went to get saved like five times so Outside, <laughs> so whatever this dude showed up, I just assumed she was coming across. Um, but um, get the band ready even before she comes home. Well, he was that was his thing. Yeah, um, no, I get it. He had a he had a denominational Graham, thing. Exactly, he had a Billy Graham esque mm -hmm. Hispanic South America thing going on, and once the music was going and the tears were flowing, people started rolling to the front. So. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm going to jump around your story a bit here. So just sure. follow me on this. Where are you serving now, and how did you get to where, where to your current? <laughs> where am I serving now? Yeah. I am serving a Grace Community Church in Fulton, Maryland, and have I get here? Um, it was truly an act of God. I did not follow like a donkey or anything or a light, <laughs> but it was it was <laughs> it was a pretty impressive trip. Um. I was actually working. Okay, so we really got to back up. Um, it's your story, bro. You got the you got the steering wheel. No, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out where to where to start from because I can start from teaching. Well, okay, so let me back you up then. This is not the first time that you've been a pastor. 
Correct. Um, and tell me about the first time you were a pastor, and then let's get to here. Okay. So, um, the People's Community Baptist Church was the first pastoral position, um, and that's in Silver Spring, Maryland. Um, loved it. Still love the church. Um, uh, was a pastor of Family Life, which is just a a name for he does everything that Sunday school pastor doesn't do, <laughs> the youth okay. pastor doesn't do. Yep. Um, and so marriage and counseling and funerals and weddings and senior ministry, and singles ministry, marriage, like you name it, it was all in there. It was just a big catch-all. Um, but it was fun. We had a ton of lay leaders that were amazing, um, just really good people. Um, and you were still single at the time, so so you had you had potential brides being thrown I, at you. I well, I was I was single, but not. I mean, I was. Um, I had already met my bride, but we were dating. Okay. Um, and so when I took the position, she didn't know I was. At least I don't think she knew I was interviewing for it. Um, but it was one of those things where that was her home church. All right. That worked out well. Um, stayed there for a good number of years and enjoyed it. It was a lot of work. Um, left there because a, a friend of mine who's a pastor in Upper Marble asked me to come and be a principal um, for his school. But I also left, which was, I guess, the main reason why I left, was to go plant a church. Um, okay. And so I went to plant Living Stones in Jessup, and that was a stretch and a pull, an amazing thing that God did, loved it, and was tired and burnt out all at the same time, because I was working as well um, as a principal <laughs> and substitute teacher, an actual teacher right. um, at a high school. And so the being busy was real, and at the same time, um, trying to establish a new marriage, and um, after a couple of years at the school, um, had different leadership throughout. Um, I had a leader that was not a good one. <laughs> um, It'll happen. Which was say again. It'll happen. It it does happen, and and God and I had to talk um, because it was. It was one of those things where it was really hard to serve her. Mm. Um, and I tried to do it sacrificially and realized I was not called to sacrifice or die to die on the job for, the, for that hill. Um, and so I knew, again, with the church planning, I just needed to continue with the church planning and look for something different. And I ended up going to another private Christian school um, and pretty much told them, again, I knew it God-wise, this was a year of rest. Right. So I took a, a teaching job, a math teacher, and sure enough, at around the Christmas time, so halfway through the year, actually it was before Christmas, about October, uh, a friend of mine who's a pastor told me to take a break from preaching and bring in some other preachers. So I ended up coming to Grace to rest. And my son was still smallish. He could still sleep in my arms and fit. Um, and the first Sunday I came here, one of the um, pastors asked me if I wanted to lead men's ministry. 
which I thought was funny because <laughs> I didn't know the dude and he didn't know me. Um, we had never met before. He literally turned around at the offering time and says, hey, you want to leave men's ministry? And I was like, what in the world? I'd be in punk. This is like, a dysfunctional no. church. And I'm sitting in the balcony. Who does that? Um, <laughs> like, I'm not even near the where the regular believers are. If like, you're I'm a minister, just raise your hand because we'd like to love on you. Also, <laughs> we have a job for you as a ministry leader. Ta-da. And I was like, you know. Um, and so we hit it off, and he came to visit me at the school. And um, God made it clear, speed up the story, that uh, um, the position wasn't for me. It was for someone else. But there was another position that was for me, and so I applied for it. Okay. And that was the pastor of care and counseling. And so that's how I ended up here, which was just a weird thing. But I say that it was weird because I didn't know what was coming, i.e. COVID. Right. Um, and so God showed out because he had me come almost a year prior to COVID. I was able to get established. People trust me. We were able to set some processes up for helping people in the community and all that kind of stuff. And when COVID hit, it allowed for grace as a church to show out. Um, because we all knew each other, um, resource-wise, this church is blessed beyond, um, just abundantly blessed with resources from people to, um, funds to artists. I mean, I mean, just over and over again to the actual property itself. Um, and so... I understand why I needed to be here at the time. I could not understand. I did not, I was not happy with shutting down the church plant at all, mm -hmm. but I knew again, God made it clear in my quiet time, it was time to stop. Mm -hmm. um, and so there was a lot of tears about that, a lot of frustration because we were doing well. Um, but one of my spiritual gifts is faith. And so mm -hmm. it looks crazy again when I do it, um, but then later on, I kind of see, oh, that was you, and I was obedient, and there was nothing special on my part, but it still looks weird. Um, right. Like, I would, if my son had said he wanted to quit his job and shut down the church all in the same year and still not know what he's doing, I'd have been like, ah, <laughs> I don't think I recommend that, son. You got a new wife, a new baby. Um, but then I came here. And it was a straight handoff between the school and, you know, mm. where I was teaching as a math teacher and coming here. I started right after the school year ended and COVID came around the next year. Okay. So let's focus on that for a minute. You, you are a man of faith. You certainly do follow where you believe God's leading you in a way that mm. to others, it might look like you're fickle. You'd say that's fair. True. No, no, I would say that when my when I interviewed so, here, but that, that's was, what I want to ask you about, though. So yeah, when I interviewed here, that was one of the conversations we talked about because mm -hmm. um, they looked at my resume. Because we haven't like, talked about the fact that you were a missionary in Northern Canada for three years. Correct. In the middle of all the story that we're telling. Correct. So when they looked at my resume, that was one of the things they were like, "You bounced around a lot," and I was like, "Ah, I follow God." Like, we're, you know, between three to four years is typically when I'm done working in a place and that's not been my choice is more just it's a god thing i'm not desirous of leaving it just is um and that's hard but it's i can look at the milestones and the wins at each situation and say i left here well it wasn't a firing or mm -hmm. you know crazy thing it was no god was calling me to this and i was leaving um and often i tell people 
I was running on two tracks as far as most resumes would just be my academics for a long period of time. Whereas I was working and doing missionary stuff and other stuff at the same time. I didn't and still don't believe um, we should waste time. Um, we should be very intentional knowing that Christ sacrificed for all of us. And the sacrifice, when you look at them in the Old Testament, there was the sacrifice of purity, the sacrifice for consecration and sin and guilt and all these. He, he, it wasn't just a little piece. It really was for all of us, the celebratory side, all the good things. And out of that, I'm always looking to give God the best um, I can give. And I'm willing to change for that best. And so but that's not just a West Indian heritage. No, it's not. It's not just a busyness or a work kind of thing. This is more. I know God is good, and the relationship is one where I know that my path being straight is not what straight looks like for others. Mm. So, so this is what I want to ask you then. It must have been difficult for you at times both to know that you were hearing God clearly and to trust him in the midst of not having all the picks, all the pieces of the puzzle, the, you know, not having a complete picture. So I, I, w- I would say it started with baby steps. Um, the faith journey for me has been one where... Um, even as a teenager and young adult, there have been times where God has stretched me and it hurt. And mm-hmm. so now as I got into adulthood, I learned that that hurt was, or that discomfort was a good thing. And so when I sense it or feel it, or God makes it clear we're about to go through another season of it, um, it's not something up to fear. It's something I just need to embrace, knowing that this is part of his grace. and. Um, there is the opportunity for joy in the midst of it. I don't fear um, the change. I'll say that the conversations are very uncomfortable. <laughs> right. um, you know, saying you got to leave one place and trying to explain it, especially when I was like at the bank, trying to explain it to my boss was really hard. Trying to explain why are you leaving a perfectly good job with good money? Your secretary loves you. You've got a good system. You really don't even do much work-wise. Why are you leaving this to go in the ministry when you can do this on the side? Um, there, there's a desire that comes out of my brokenness, out of my story, to, um, to please my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that desire is one that would be unhealthy if it was unto the world but because it's unto god and he is the one who um i'm chasing after and also corrects me when i'm running too fast (laughs) right um uh, it's not um it's not something that is fearful it's um again it's uncomfortable at times but it's it's not a it's not a hard journey um it's it's one where it doesn't look like others example my retirement account isn't as big as 
other people who've worked in one job for 30 years and, you know, they're looking forward to it. I look at ministry and say that retirement is a newer invention. Um, when I look at, you know, church history, it wasn't always such. And, mm-hmm. um, I plan on serving him until he returns or I return to him. And that doesn't um, get rid of the fact that he holds my days, he holds the funds, he holds the resources. Um, he knows who my neighbors will be. He knows all the things I need, so I don't need to worry. I need to make sure that I'm obeying and loving and doing what he's called me to do. Um, and that requires a sacrifice. So what is the, what's the current, what's the biggest thing right now, currently, that you are wrestling with God over? Um, biggest thing I'm wrestling with God over right now. Uh, when you say biggest thing, you're talking about, like, spiritually, physically, emotionally, socially? Or just leave it as an open-ended question the and thing, I got to wrestle with it. What's the thing that, that God is, you know, that you feel like God is saying, look, this is a thing, and I know it's going to cause you to struggle, mm. but you're going to have to trust me? I'd, I'd say one, <laughs> one of the biggest things is, I'd say, is staying put right now. Um, this, I love the church I'm at, but at the same time, it's hard. Um, you know, it's, a, we live in a culture that is quite consumer centric. We live in a culture mm-hmm. that um, embraces um, everything before it embraces the cross sacrificial. Um, I was talking to someone the other day where I said, yeah, they embrace the cross, but they embrace it behind their back. Um, completely different than you or I would embrace it. And so their vision is not covered with the blood of Christ. Their vision is still in self, and they're saying they're carrying the cross. I was okay. like, it's, it's hard trying to figure out how best to um, navigate the work, the working with God, and not, um, not trying to do more than I'm called to. Um, because I work at a very large church, it's easy to um, get lost in the work. Because there's always fire. Um, sure. And it's church, there's always um, fires. <laughs> um, and so that is hard, just as it is hard um, to see um, people leave church that you love and care for. Um, I'd say right now that is um, something I'm struggling with in my quiet time, as well as in meetings and other places, because it, it's hard. I want, I want family to be better. Mm-hmm. And I know we're eternal, and I know we're going to see one another, but, or not but, and I know that we can start now treating each other um, in ways that are true to who we are. Um, so let me wrap it up with this question, then. What do you do? How do you... What do you do when you're wrestling with God over these things? And you're still in the wrestling. How do you work with that with him? How do you, you said one of your gifts is faith. How do you well, work that from theory to mm-hmm. I go to him often. Obedience? 
Um, and when I say go to, I mean, I pray all the time to the point of every meeting I start with prayer. Um, I start my day with prayer. And it, it has to do with, okay, where am I emotionally, spiritually, um, physically? And am I willing to not just dump it at the foot of the cross, um, but actually um, try and understand what do you want me to learn in this? What do you, what do you, why am I slowing down? What is it that you have me here for? Or, um, and, and I know that it's a little kid in me. I, I want answers, but I also know in the faith journey, I don't need the answers. I just need to know that he loves me. And that's what I strive to focus on, the character of who God is and not um, how I feel in the moment. I don't allow my feelings to, to drive me. I try and understand um, where they're coming from because they're mm-hmm. their own purpose. Um, but I also strive to connect with people that I know um, are willing to journey with me and also be okay with the struggle, not try and fix me. Um, yeah, they'll correct me if I'm doing something dumb or saying something dumb, but they also understand that I can do that and give me the space to do it. And then, you know, in an hour or two after I've kind of vented, say, you know, <laughs> you still gotta, <laughs> still gotta love them sheeple. So what are you actually going to do? <laughs> you said what you want to do. What you actually going to? Yeah, I saw the beginning um, of uh, analyze this, analyze that, whichever one it was. <laughs> so, um, I, I I think that you know having good relationship with God as well as good relationship with the people He's put around me is important with healthy boundaries. Um, being able to spend quality time with God in the morning, and I do that for a good thirty minutes to an hour every day, where I'm in the Word, wrestling with. What is it you want me to do? And then also looking for opportunities to serve him that are simple, that are the simple wins. So at the end of the day, I can rejoice in, hey, I fed this homeless person and know that despite the craziness, that was a good day. Or, hey, I was able to put gas in this guy's car and he needed help. And yes, you know, it's an interruption to my day, but it's an opportunity to just say God loves you and Jesus died for you and here's 20 bucks and have a blessed day and know that I played a small role in that person knowing about God. Um, uh, you know, I, those things help me um, to stay energized wherever I am. Um, and again, remembering that the person in front of me is eternal, whether they believe in the God I believe in or not remembering that they're eternal. And so I need to just give them grace because God's given me more than enough. Cool. I think that's a good place to uh, land this. Uh, Pastor Dave is a published author. Boom. He is not on the social media, so don't go looking <laughs> for him. But I'm you so can horrible. You can look him up on uh, Amazon. You can. And other bookstores. Yeah, um, you can. Yeah, Walmart even has me. Yeah. How about that? Made new. You can find it there, and books two and three should be out sometime in the next month or so. so you can look for that as well. Also, you also have uh, some a book on the Psalms and a book on the Proverbs for kids. I do, a kid's books, yep. I do, Pictures of Proverbs and Pictures of Psalms are two board books for kids, yeah. Not boring books, but board books. <laughs> <laughs> it's a critical difference. All right, so final question. Uh, having listened to all of this, um, mm-hmm. are, are you a mama's boy? 
am I a mama's boy? My sister would probably scream <laughs> yes. And you laugh because you know my sister. <laughs> she would probably like I'm buy me. because I've been setting this question up for like 30 minutes. <laughs> so am I a mama's boy? I don't know what other boy I could be. Um I I I mean I tell ladies that are getting married the mama boys mama's boys are good for marriage um i dude you know this i'm whipped um <laughs> i'm a mom like i'm you all the cliches uh this um, is totally just like a clip something funny <laughs> until the end of the episode it's i am good. i am so done i love god first i love my wife second i love my mom a close close third and i love my son and daughter, a close, close fourth, and oh my goodness, they are, they are my moons. Mm. They aren't my son, but they are my moons. Mm. And God is definitely my son, but they are, they keep the tides going and uh, so much more. So yes i would say my mama's boy do i get to spend enough time with mama no because again i am married and i need to care for my bride um but that's a beautiful thing too um yeah and i love my sister beyond compare just as i love my kids beyond like i would trade them in for just for anything i don't think there's anything i wouldn't give up for them um and outside of christ but uh yeah beautiful man beautiful thanks for thank you guys for coming with us absolutely Absolutely. (laughs) like like you're not like you're not already planning 17 different ways to get me back oh we're gonna have to do an interview part two for you bring it uh, (laughs) all of a sudden now it's gonna be more and more of us like uh, Uh, i i definitely uh i enjoyed it um it was good yeah thank you for sharing everyone else enjoyed Thank you for sharing. Thank you guys for coming with us. It's been it's been a minute. So uh, congratulations. Go turn us off. Go use the bathroom. Do whatever you want. Go for a walk. Yes. Yeah. Get some fresh air. Don't get on social media. Don't get a life. Yeah. Get off the couch. You're not created to be a couch potato. Um, (laughs) Go talk to a neighbor.